So welcome to the Real and Real Estate Podcast hosted by me, Lindsay Prino, a realtor in Tampa Bay, Florida. This podcast was created to bring awareness of what real estate agents actually do and some other helpful insights for the average human. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at St. Pete Real Estate. All right. So our guest speaker today is Sandy Knott. Sandy is a productivity launch coach here at Keller Williams Realty, Gulf Beaches, from starting as a solo agent to being recruited by one of the top real estate teams ooh, ooh, in Pinellas County. He worked with them for years, and now he is off on his own running a successful real estate business as a solo agent and the coach for the office. Hey, everybody. Pleasure to be on the show. My name is Sandy, and I'm looking forward to whatever we're going to get into today. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely ready for that. All right. So today, we're going to touch on the touchy subject of I don't want to waste your time. Mm. Is this like for from the agent or from the client? It's the it's not you. It's me of real estate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Sandy, it's not you. It's me. Tell me what your experience with this is. So have you ever had clients where they just sideswipe you and say, hey, look, it's not you. It's me. I just I don't want to waste your time. Yeah, you know, we're, we're not ready. I get that. And if anything, I kind of respect it as long as they're coming from a realistic standpoint. There's a lot. There's been multiple situations where it's like an emotional, impulsive decision that someone makes just to change their mind like a week later. Right. But I've been in a situation where sometimes somebody's work is just not going the way that they wanted. So they kind of want things to, you know, steady out a little bit before making a decision. I'm like, oh, you know, I totally get that. That's fine. But I have some people that just like. <laughs> Where you're like questioning the respect part. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They say, I don't want to waste your time. And then they look at open houses the same weekend. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Open houses. And then they write an offer on Monday. And I'm like, what What happened? What what happened? Like, because you went with somebody else, now I did waste my time. If you continue to work with me and we kind of, you know, kept working on the relationship and working back and forth, like, in the end, it would have been worth it. But they told me they didn't want to waste my time. I don't get that time back. I've already invested into them. And then they went on the, on their own just because of an impulsive decision that they made possibly over a night of drinks or something like that. Who knows? Honestly. Yeah. It makes it really hard to work with buyers consistently, right, when things like this happen? It is. But at the same time, it's up to the agent to kind of just maintain the expectations throughout because, don't get me wrong, some people spend 20 to 30 years just to buy their first home. It's the biggest purchase for a lot of people's lives. Right. So it is something that's very, very emotional. And when people get emotional, it's understandable. But setting the expectations from the beginning, as long as, like, you know, I'm doing based on what you told me and this is the reason why, they end up coming around a little bit more. I've just noticed that whenever I have a discussion with a buyer, as long as I'm not really setting, whenever I don't set expectations, I end up doing way more than I really should be. And that's because. They start doing this thing and they start getting really emotional and I want to make them happy. And then I'm kind of the one taking the short end of the stick on the relationship. Are we actually talking about real estate still? Yes. Surprisingly. <laughs> I Listen, I, it's hand in hand when you're dealing with people oh, and emotions. Man. Are you talking about relationships? <laughs> yeah, we're not what getting into that. What happened last week, <laughs> Sandy? <laughs> no, we are not getting into that. If anything, clients are just anybody emotional. It's just it kind of puts a little hinder on the relationship when you're trying to buy a house. If anything, it's better to just kind of be 
taking it from a more objective and logical standpoint from what makes sense and what doesn't, not what feels right and what doesn't feel right. Right. And so for us as real estate agents, I don't actually think a lot of people know what we do. The tasks, the responsibility, <laughs> the therapy that we have to go to. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Well, it, but, it, it's all based on the stigma that salespeople in general have, like right? sleazy salespeople. But I try to tell like a car salesman. We're not even close though. Not like, even close. Not even close. What I try to tell agents is you are not a salesperson. If anything, you're a consultant. Like you're constantly having to check on the, you know, why is this person buying a home? Is this home really the best fit for them? Are they possibly getting just a little anxious and uneasy because they want this whole process to be done with? Like there's a lot of psychological emotions that we end up dealing with in this process. We're not like a car salesman. We're just like, sign here, sign here. I'm going to get you a good deal. And we're kind of walking on our way. Like we work with these people for sometimes up to six months to over a year where we're having like weekly communications. Like a lot of information is being going back and forth and we end up building sustaining relationships with these people. It's not just a transaction anymore. So I feel like the most successful real estate agents are those that can commit. Yes. You know, absolutely. absolutely. Are the ones that can you know, they've been able to talk about their feelings. They can sit down just like a relationship. Some of my right? best clients, I, you know, normally I tell everybody, I don't want to answer my phone after seven or 8 PM. I just, I, I got to check out at some Boundaries. point. Exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, is I have some clients that when I see their name pop up on the phone, like I'm excited to talk to them and they've bought houses with me multiple times. Yeah. And the conversation is always fun. And I actually have a really good relationship with my clients. I want that with all of them. It's just, it's not the case with some people. Sometimes just personalities clash and right. it's sometimes better for everyone to just go their separate ways and find someone else. Absolutely. And you know, when I was starting out, I'm curious what you think about this, but when I was starting out, um, there's a whole list of tasks that the real estate agent has to do for both on the buyer side, right? As well mm -hmm. as listing a house. What do you think the number of tasks was? To right. list a house. To list a we'll house. start with list because I didn't actually check for buyers. Okay, so when we go from <laughs> list all the way to closing. Yeah, right? like how many tasks? Hmm. I know, hmm. right? Like what? 50? No, more. More? 180. No. <laughs> 180 oh. tasks to get someone all the way from, you know what I mean, listing I mean, their make, house it, it to selling sense. it. And that's right. Would you say listing the listing side of real estate is actually the maybe the easiest? It's I would not se fully selling the house, but like the tasks for an agent. Mm, I'd say the task for an agent is easier for a buyer agent than a listing agent. But the thing is, is once you do the work for a listing, you're kind of, you don't have as much on your plate as a buyer. You, right, it's like more up front. Yeah, exactly. As a, as a buyer's agent, you have the same workload pretty much from like beginning to end. Right. Well, when you're a listing agent, you just have a lot of upfront work to get the listing live, making it look nice, the pictures, yeah. the description, like that's not easy to write a good description on a property when you know, half the homes in the neighborhood look the same. Like trying to find something to stand outside the box is not easy. But once you do that, you're done. Right. See, that's why when I look at the amount of tasks, the amount of work that go into being a real estate agent, when somebody comes to me and says, because it's happened to me, when someone comes and says say. like, <laughs> I don't want to work with you or like, hey, we actually have like this person that's a family friend mm -hmm. that we're going to like list with their part time. So like we won't waste your time. They're part time. So we're going to go with them. 
like, wait, what do you mean? This is my job. I, this the is how I thing pay is my, my job. Yeah. Like morning, afternoon, night, even in my dreams, I'm working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I get that 100%. It's like a heartbreaker for sure. I get it. It's it's hard. It's a thing that you have to juggle sometimes, but it's I, I always tie it back to setting expectations because if there's one thing that I've learned, every job in the entire world has its own fair share of difficulties and easy tasks. Yeah. And everything can be broken down on such a deep level where right. it's very, very intricate and difficult. Yeah. Real estate is no exception. You know, I could do something, you know, if I break up my job saying, yeah, I'm showing houses. Yeah, that looks really simple. But then I can say I'm showing houses. So what I do is I make sure I look at all the disclosures to make sure everything is properly in order with this house. And I'm going to make sure that check on the age of the roof and the AC. And I'm going to look at the comps in the neighborhood to make check to see the home isn't overpriced. So I'm not putting my buyer in a like a money pit. Right. You know, there's all of this stuff that I'm doing that's more intricate that you don't see kind of just in the cover. So. There's, there's a lot of things that we do for these clients. So now that I think about it. <laughs> so in our job, we have to like kind of have this barrier. We have boundaries. Mm-hmm. We beat around the bush sometimes, right? Because we can't just go up to somebody and say like, look, that is a terrible idea. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you lowball this guy. <laughs> this is not going to look good for me or gal. But if you were to say bluntly how you felt when somebody has said that to you, in the real estate industry, what would you want to say? Because uh, I would want to say things like... Like the I don't want to waste your time thing? Yeah. I'd be like, do you know how much work I put in for you? You know, that would be like, Lindsay goes on the defense, like Italian Sicilian from New York. <laughs> Here she goes. <laughs> do you know how much work? Start standing over them. Passion, like, effort, uh, and time. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I would have to say... It's a good question. Well, wait, Sandy, where are you from? Are you from like... I'm from Bosnia. So a little bit about my culture is it's built on hospitality. Hospitality is one of the most important things in our culture. Like if you come over, we we already got our best homemade liquor and charcuterie board like waiting for you already. Ready for strangers. Yeah, I don't even need to know who you are. It's just ready for some sort of guest. So customer service is something that's very important for me. And me, actually, I recently learned that being assertive with your clients is actually looking out for their best interest Mm -hmm. in certain situations. So I understand that. Yes, Mr. Buyer, that looks right. That feels right. I know it's speaking to you, but the roof is the roof is old. The AC is old. The foundation is cracked. Like this is this is a project that you don't want to get into. We are not going to even look at this house, Mr. Buyer, because I know it's going to be too big of a problem for you. So how about we don't waste each other's time and we find something else that's better? So I don't whenever somebody says that they don't want to waste my time, I usually now that I think about it, it's a working relationship. I'm not doing a job for a client. I'm working with somebody because the thing is, is I can't force anybody to buy a house. I can only help them buy it when they're ready. And it's my job to help them find that home or help them become ready to buy a house. So I'm kind of along for the process, but we're working together. I'm not working for anybody. So when they say they want to waste my time, I'm like, I don't want to waste either of our times. So let's just find a way to not let that happen. You like buy them coffee or bring them flowers and say, I don't want to waste your time. Me on the other hand. (laughs) It's a little bit different. You just need to listen to me and buy this damn house. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You are wasting my, this conversation is wasting my time. <laughs> is it though, Sandy? No, no, it's not. This is a good one. All right, cool. Maybe a little bit. So the last side of this we already talked about, but I feel like, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast, right, is to bring insight into people, you know, especially not just in the Tampa Bay area, but all over. Like, what does your real estate agent actually do? What are they doing for you? What conversations are they trying to have? 
So I'm curious, you, what is it important? What is important to you? Like, what do you want people to know about a real estate agent? We've talked about the therapy side, the consulting side, right? The fiduciary responsibilities. What do you want people to know? Dude, that is such a good question. All right, if there's one thing that's screaming at me is we are oversaturated with agents. And whenever an oversaturated market like that is around, you know, there's going to be a couple of bad apples. We're not all like that, trust me. But there's definitely a handful of agents who are on the lazier side, who just lack knowledge because they don't even want to learn, who just think real estate is just this easy thing where you're going to find somebody and they're going to buy a house and they're going to make a lot of money. And they end up kind of ruining an image for all of us because what where we really shine isn't when things are going well. Like you can go online on Zillow and find a home and contact the seller directly and and try to buy the home and save some money because you don't you're not going through an agent. I get that. But the thing is, is I, I we do this every day. This is what we do for a living. This is how I, you know, put food on my table. So the thing is, is I make sure that I cover my ass whenever I can. And if I'm representing somebody, they're getting the same treatment. So a real estate agent, like when things go south and real estate is the biggest gray area that I know of, things will go south periodically. And you want to have somebody you trust to help you out through that. Because if you're alone, I mean, I just heard some really ugly stories. So. Yeah, there's a few around here. I think that's the great thing, too, about Keller Williams. Give them a little in right here, too, is like, the training that goes on here. And I know you were at a different brokerage too. Mm -hmm. I interviewed with a few. I ended up landing here at Keller Williams, which I love, but give me some insight about the other brokerages, what you've seen, what the difference is too. I'm not going to say any names. I'm, I'm just going to kind of, you know, say keep it. Name. Absolutely not because <laughs> I have nothing kidding. nice to say. I have nothing <laughs> nice to say, but essentially I went to this, I interviewed at this one place and they handed me a piece of paper and they said, this is our splits and sign it when you're, when you're ready. And I was like, well, can I, can I talk to like, some of the other agents in the office, they told me no. I was like, well, I have an office in here. They said no. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not really liking the feel. It's already feeling like shady and stuff. Then when I went to KW first, I was like, I, I talked to a bunch of agents. I got help. It's just the whole like uh, family feeling is what I was looking for because I understand that there's so many nuances when it comes to real estate that I just mm -hmm. wanted to do my job correctly. I don't want to get sued or anything like that. So I started at KW and... I thought the splits was gonna be an issue. A lot of people complain about the splits and I get it, I was in that position. So because of that, I went to another brokerage. But then when I went to the other brokerage, the splits were beautiful, but I didn't talk to anybody. Let's explain splits for the people that are non-real estate. All right, splits are- Splits are a big deal, guys. Yes. You're doing a job, so you wanna get paid. But as every business goes, there's expenses that follow. And depending on where you do business, your expenses vary. So if you close a transaction at a certain brokerage, they might collect a few hundred dollars as a transaction fee. That's the cost of doing business and every brokerage is different. So the KW is known for having more aggressive splits due to a lot of the money going back into the program through training and stuff. And a lot of agents don't need training. Actually, I take that back. Every agent needs training all the <laughs> Says time. Says the coach. Yeah. <laughs> the all the time. Coach. I taught... Even you seasoned agents get into more training. <laughs> but those splits go towards things like resources. Keller Williams known for tech, right? There's profit share. So the more people that you bring to KW, like underneath you who want to be an agent as well, 
you'll get a portion of what they make over the course of their lifetime with KW. Yeah, so, so the splits, so many things. Yeah, so the splits aren't just going into like the the CEO's big man's pocket. pocket. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's being put towards the company, and you know, there's other brokerages out there that they give you some really appealing splits. Like they barely take any money from you. But then what's I like a good split? Like if you're paying a two hundred dollar transaction fee and that's it, and the <gasps> and the brokerage doesn't take anything else from you, like that's a really appealing to some people. Like don't get me wrong. But when I worked at that brokerage, I didn't talk to anybody. I talked to the broker the day they hired me, and then I didn't talk to a single person. I didn't go to a single class. I did not have an office. I didn't even I didn't even talk to a, another agent from that office. So what about strategy? What if like you had like a big deal and you needed to talk to somebody about how you can make it sweeter? Or how you, you know what I mean? Like I would, that happens yeah. all the time oh, yeah. here. Like even top agents will all sit around at a table. Like, hey, is this listing price good? Like. What do you think I should do? What are some ideas? The creativity is like insane here. So what were your resources? So my broker was there just for answering the legal questions, saying like what okay. not to do. But when it comes to actually like strategizing and business ideas, I actually was talking to Keller Williams agents, people that were still Stop. at the office. I swear, because <laughs> I, I formed a good relationship with them. So I was like, hey, you. Uh, By the way, we're not paid. Yeah, I'm to not going to say any names because I'm not trying to <laughs> pitch anything. But <laughs> but the thing is, is like I called him and I was like, hey, man, can you help me out real quick? And every time these agents are just like, yeah, why not? Exactly. It's always it's always like a why not? Like we, you know, right. we're all we all understand that we can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, for a real estate transaction, you have buyer, seller, listing agent, uh, buyer's agent, title company and mortgage company. Then if we want to add more appraiser, inspector um surveyor like all of these just for one home to like sell so this is a team effort all the time it's the same thing you're working with the other agent right you guys have the same goal you just want to sell the house it's yeah. not your it's not your personal home so you don't jeopardize the deal we all want the same thing to happen so we have to work together right and then i like that camaraderie we got here because it's it's I, I bounce ideas off of people every day yeah it's incredible and so that's one of the benefits too of making sure that when you're looking at an agent, there's so much that goes into the buying selling process. He just listed seven people that we have to play really nice is what he says in the sandbox together. <laughs> right. And so you want to be able to consult. This is such an incredible business. Right. And a lot of people think just being a real estate agent, you find a home for somebody, you show up to the table, you get your check. No way. We're doing so many things up to 100, 200 tasks for you all behind the scenes. Right. So that you guys can. Yeah, the numbers get well. The number freaked me out. I didn't know it was that big. Like I knew it was a lot, but one eighty. Yeah. So the next time someone says, "Will you do it for two point five percent?" You're like, "Do you know how many tasks?" <laughs> <coughs> no. And when we talk about two point five two, because I know this podcast is probably not going to reach everybody that's a perf you know like that's knowledgeable about real estate. I get that. So when we say two point five or three percent, when somebody is selling their house, they need a listing agent. Well, we'll get into the other side of that later. But when they need a listing agent, you're going to talk about different splits, right, in your listing agreement. So that would be anywhere from 5 to 6%. When you split that in half, say 6%, 3% goes to that listing agent. The other three goes to the buyer's agent because they're going to bring somebody to your house to buy it. So when I talk to Sandy and we're putting in perspective here. I have to stop. My, Sandy, na my name is Sandy, by the way. <laughs> She does this so damn much. I have I don't know like a really, is. I have a really sharp A from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Ambulance, Sandy. Yeah, okay, it that comes makes out. sense. That makes sense. It comes out yeah, sometimes. Yeah, okay, you're good. 
Sandy, oh, please bust them. Yeah. <laughs> so she when said it, not me. <laughs> when we talk about splits in percentages and commission, it's really important because that's how we get paid, and that's what you are now going to know in the back of your mind when we talk about two point five percent, three percent. If someone lists their house and you see on the MLS for transaction brokers two point five percent, that most likely means that one of two things. They either the seller didn't want to provide the full six percent commission because right that can be a lot. You get up to five hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar house. Oh, it starts exponentially going it's, up. Yeah, that's a lot of money coming out of the seller's pocket just to get their house sold. Yeah. So it either means that they didn't want to pay that full six percent, or it means that the listing agent took a percentage to make sure that they got their three, and they're only going to give the buyer's agent. 2.5. See, and the problem with that is, is we have the same goal. If I'm a buyer's agent and you're a listing agent, we have the same goal. We want to get the house to the closing table. So if I see that you're looking out for yourself and not your other essential co-workers, because that's what we are, that we're, we're co-workers for this transaction. Yeah. You're not looking out for my best interest as well. I'm going to remember that for another transaction. So it's just something to keep in mind. I've been in the deal. The other agent pocketed $18,000 in commission. Mm. And you got? I had a referral fee on top of it, and I netted thirty five hundred, and he pocketed eighteen thousand dollars. Was that when you were working for KW Brokerage, or was that a different brokerage? Because then you have to take out your. That's that's net. I was working that at was KW, net. but that's still after all expenses. Like I made oh, thirty five hundred, and he made eighteen. So I remember that agent. I'm not going to say names, but if you do another deal with me, I'm going to remember that. That's what Sandy teaches us as well. Make sure that we have like a, a list of agents that we remember. I don't do that. <laughs> no. Yes, I do have it's a like naughty a, list. But the thing burn, is, is like it's burn it's, book. It's, <laughs> but it's the, the whole the whole principle of having like a naughty list is because let's say I'm in a multiple offer situation and the the naughty agent submitted an offer and another agent that I did a deal with that's really good. Also, the naughty and nice, we'll just call it that the naughty and nice agent. They submitted an offer. Like when I'm talking to my client, I'll say yeah. something like, hey, I've done a deal with this other guy before. And the thing is, is I'm not really too fond on how he runs things. I don't know how well he qualifies his clients. I've done a, I've done two deals with the nice agent over here and we've gotten to closing both times. And I know his clients are well qualified. And the thing is, is that's going to be like the deciding factor for my client to make a decision on what offer they want to pick. Again, that's making the assumption both offers are really close in terms of price and condition and stuff. Right. But whatever it takes to get a deal done, like sometimes that little edge might be what you need to get your offer accepted. So that's why play nice in the sandbox with all other agents. They'll just look out for yourself. We all doing the same job with the same goal. And the best thing is, there is so much business to go around that you don't need to be worried about not having enough. When you I actually agree. look at the numbers, it's kind of crazy. Man. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sandy, for sitting with us today, giving us some enlightenment thank about the real estate industry. And um, anyone listening to this that is looking to buy or sell property, try not to ever say, oh, yeah, you can hire me as well. <laughs> but try not to say... It's not you, it's me. I just don't want to waste your time because your agent, you have the right one. They come from a great brokerage like Keller Williams. They're going to be working their butt off for you. And I definitely know Sandy is all about the passion, hospitality. He'll get it done for you too. Listen. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me.